Hi, welcome to How to Be a Humane Leader Without Losing Your Job. In this podcast, we dive into conventional leadership in today's fast-paced business environment. With our experience and insights, we'll help you lead with heart while securing your career. Join us for engaging conversations and practical advice to elevate your leadership skills and make a real difference. I'm your host, Roberto Torres, a seasoned startup engineer leader alongside Chris Ollerkin, a Fortune 100 IT leader. Today, we're discussing how to avoid micromanagement and use other kind of leadership styles. Hey, Chris, how are you? I'm doing great, Roberto. Spring is in the air. Things are greening up, so I'm excited to be here. How, how are things out there by you? Also, as well, Mexico City, it's, it's warm in spring, and we're beginning having uh, rain, so it's, it's okay. Thank you very much. Everything's blooming. That's good. Yeah, indeed. And, and, uh, and let me tell you, um, since we're going to talk about micromanagement, have you been... Um, have have you have you been using I don't know in some time in during your career micromanagement or not? I can say that um, I certainly have been accused of micromanagement. I I, I will defend that accusation a, a bit, but I but I understand people's reluctance to to be micromanaged. So early in my career, I think what I really needed to do and did not do is convey to people that you have to earn trust um, of your manager as you're doing projects and things. And so, you know, I would get accused of being a micromanager and and it was very disheartening. I I took it very personally. I didn't want to be one of those kind of people. But unfortunately, I was a new leader. Some of the employees were new and I would assign tasks and due dates and then the due date would come and, and they wouldn't have completed the tasks. Now, whose failure is that? It's partially the employees, right? They committed to get something done and didn't do it. But if I didn't follow up and check along the way to ensure progress was being made, the failure of completion is also on me. So I, I, I think micromanagement maybe is, you know, we need to define that a little bit. For, to me, micromanagement meant where you're, literally looking over somebody's shoulder, maybe daily, maybe hourly. Yeah, that's probably pretty excessive on a task that's not due for a month. But if you're, as a manager, not checking in with your employee on progress, and all of a sudden the month is done and all five tasks are not completed at all, and you never checked on it, I I, I don't know. You know, you have to have this balance of helping and assisting your employees be successful in a way that they don't feel they're micromanaged. And, and I would encourage just open dialogue with you. You know, if you're new to a being a manager, talk to your team members, look, you know, my responsibility as a leader is to ensure all the goals get met on the date and time that they're committed to. How would you like me to find out how you're doing? Is that, you know, do you want me to follow up only at the very end of the due date? And if you didn't finish, now I have to, you know, maybe note that in your performance review. That's not a good discussion to have. Um, so, I, you know, I do think that if you communicate well with your employees what their expectations are and why maybe initially you're doing some micromanagement, you know, that, that you need to build 
um, your own self-confidence and their ability to deliver, be honest <clears throat> about it. And maybe they'll understand. And then maybe six months from then, you know, the amount of times you need to check in with those employees is significantly less because they've built trust and they're doing things for you. But I can tell you as a, as a leader, being accused of micromanagement is very painful. And uh, what I did was try and make sure I communicated after I was accused of it, communicate why am I doing this now and why I won't do it in the future once that trust is developed. Um, that was my methodology. I, what, what have you done? Okay, um, let me tell you that I have done some micromanagement, but it is not my leadership style. My leadership style, it is situational. That means according to the situation, according to the people, the project, the area, I don't know, something like that, I might act as micromanagement, but I will change according to what I said. And there are certain people who require for you to do micromanagement, but you cannot do it for all the people, for all of your reports. And, yes. and, what, and why is this? Because I remember, well, I think it was like, I think it was back in 1999, but at that time I had a new area uh, with me, it was assigned to me, and there was this guy who was, I don't know, maybe 10 or 12, years uh, older than, than me. And this guy was really good about his work, but the problem was that he was lazy, you know? So rather than spending his full time working, some of that was working and the other one was doing something else related <laughs> to his work. So that's it, what, what is going on? Because I'm trying yeah. to maintain productivity and then performance with with all my team. So at first, uh, I began learning about his uh, kind of work and etc. And I, what I did was at first, okay, communicate with this guy. Okay, we're required to deliver this. When you're going to 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 do it? Oh, I'm going to deliver it in one week. Okay. So what I did was at first, I communicated with with him twice a week. And he said, okay, I'm doing great and everything. And the time that he had to deliver, he said, okay, no, I didn't. I had this and I had that. He had, he was more fond of excuses rather than actions. So we managed to deliver that uh, at a few uh, uh, days on. I had to negotiate something. In. But the following project or the following delivery I said to him, when are you going to deliver this? Oh, no, in two weeks. Okay, so you're going to deliver it in two weeks, son. Okay, and then I was doing micromanagement to this guy. I was with him on a daily basis working. Hey, how are you doing? What are you doing? And etc. And this guy managed to deliver that because he was in an urge and he was in a need to be micromanagement, excuse me, to be micromanaged. So yes, I have done that, but there are certain people who doesn't require it. So in this case, I don't apply it. I think, and I, excuse me if I'm being redundant, uh, it is my situational leadership style. According to the, per, to the person or the project or whatever, 
I do it with other people. I won't. Yeah, I think you're spot on in terms of you need to adjust the style to the person. Um, and I'd also add that also kind of on the seriousness of the deliverables. So, you know, you may have a super trustworthy employee who always delivers and he's always delivered on these great $100,000 value projects. But now you're doing a $2 million project. You might do a little micromanagement, at least initially, right? Because now here's here's something that's, you know, 20-fold more expensive than uh, this very trusted employee has uh, worked on before. And so you might initially do, because of the situation and the value of the project, do a little more micromanagement. But communicate it to that person. You know, hey, George... You know, you know, you've done great on all these projects, but I need you to realize this project, the CEO is following up on it every three weeks. So normally I wouldn't be on your case as much, but this is going to the top of the company and they're paying close attention to it. So I'm telling you up front, I'm going to be checking in with you more often. And, and so that situational leadership style, like you're saying, and again, I think Micromanagement has a very bad connotation. In general, I don't like using the term. I felt bad when it, I would call it more structured risk management in that if you're upfront and you communicate to the employee because of what's going on, whether it's I'm new, it's a technology we've never done before. I don't know you that well, George, because you've got, you know, you've got tons more experience than I do, but I'm ignorant. I need to be more aware of the project and how it's progressing. However you describe it and communicate to the employee, if you make it understood what's going on, hopefully it doesn't feel quite like micromanagement. And instead, it's a very engaged leader, a very engaged leader who wants to help you be successful. This is why I'm checking in with you. I want it to be successful. And I think that really can help a lot. You're, you're, you're spot on. Some people may just really need it. And I, I hope as new leaders, the audience generally doesn't have a lot of people like that in their team because it's very exhausting uh, to follow up with people that often. But again, I think if you have good dialogue with your team members, you can turn a micromanagement situation into um, an opportunity where the leader can help the team be successful. I'm checking in with you on purpose because I want you to be successful. I'm not checking in with you because I want you to fail. I want you to be successful. Yeah, indeed. I, I, and I have one, uh, well, I have a lot of questions, but we're, we're talking about us being leaders and trying to avoid and do another kind of leadership styles to our reports. But have you been micromanagement? Excuse me, have you been micromanaged by a leader? To yourself, I I have had that experience. It I I it did not negatively impact me. I'm a very detailed oriented technical person, and so even for my own process, when I'm working and doing things that I have to do, I take a lot of notes. I make those notes publicly available. In the olden days, I would write up meeting minutes after meeting with my manager and send them to him to say, did I capture any of this wrong? Did I get the due dates wrong? But I get the measure of success, the measure of the deliverables, right or wrong. So 
I kind of, in that situation where I was being micromanaged, I kind of learned to be to be micromanaged and deliver very specific information to my boss, which again built that trust. So over time, my one to ones with them were very short, very crisp, and they didn't generally call me in for extra meetings because my boss always knew exactly what was going on. Because every week when we would meet, I'd have my list. This is what I finished. This is what's halfway done. This is what's 25% done. And actually at the, at the end of that term of that role, before I moved on to something else, you know, I never felt like it was micromanaged anymore because again, I had developed this trust with this leader that he knew I was going to deliver. And I was one of his top employees. I always got the best uh, performance reviews uh, eventually, but it took time. That didn't happen in just a few weeks. That happened over the course of a year or two, right? <laughs> well, well, I, it, it is. I think it is uh, something related to the disposition of, or the, excuse me, the willingness of people who wants to change, not the ones who doesn't. And 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 I ask you that because in my previous job, one of the founders was a micromanagement leader. Uh, he told me and uh, he was with everyone. And I and I felt in, in this analogy, I felt like this. I, I was a quarterback for you know an NFL team and I had uh, snapped the ball and I was going to throw it and he was like a linebacker or defensive back, you know, breathing up at my neck. And he was like that every single day. And you know, I don't work like that. You let me work and I will deliver. You tell me, okay, in this state, I require this, we require to have this, and I, I, I will make it work. You know, it's um, since I have more a situation leadership style, please let me work and I will do it. I'm a fast, uh, dynamic, uh, productive guy. Please let me work, but he didn't. And I remember well, we have a leadership uh, seminar with all the heads and all the leads and all the founders. And the, um, the HR director, the HR head who was uh, uh, organizing this and managing, he said, she said, okay, okay, please state your leadership style. And he rose up and he said, my leadership style is micromanagement, autocratic, and I won't change. So when <laughs> there is no willingness about that, it, uh, you will send a wrong message to yourself and to the, uh, to the people who report you. So I think that people to change if they uh, give a chance to themselves to find out about other kind of leadership styles and to see the benefits rather than um, being an obtuse guy, an obtuse person who wasn't uh, going to change and, uh, and weren't going to willingly change. Very, very spot on. I think anybody in the audience who wants to become a leader or is new to being a leader, um, you've got to be willing to change your approach to things. I don't want to say change your personality that, because I don't know that personalities really can change, but you need to be ready to change your behaviors to get better outcomes. 
And it's a little bit of trial and error. Um, certainly in some situations, you know, that micromanagement, you know, maybe it's on a factory assembly line. If that's the leader, that your first leadership role is literally hourly workers assembling things on the assembly line. Well, for that, maybe micromanagement is what it takes because everything's got to be specifically assembled exactly right or it doesn't work at the end of the assembly line. Well, okay, but in in our IT environment, where or I think probably a lot of our audience is from, that's not how things get created. That's not how IT operates. So you need to learn which style is going to work best for you? And and in general, I don't believe micromanagement is a good strategy. Um, you may need to use it initially in some cases for performance issues. If you have an employee with a uh, performance problem, sometimes micromanagement is going to be required, like the person you mentioned, right? You know, where they just, they get distracted. They can be successful, but you just, you got to really work with them a lot. Try different leadership styles. You know, a key thing in becoming a better leader is that flexibility and your willingness to admit, I don't know everything. I'm going to seek input from my own team. I'm going to seek input from my boss. And I'm also going to read things and, and learn things via YouTube or, or, or Spotify and come up and assemble that information into a, a, a unique thing that works for you so you can be successful that your team can be successful and you can report good results up to your boss. Because if you can't do all those things, you're not going to be a leader very long. Yeah, yeah, indeed. And one thing is that uh, also micromanagement, it is related, it is not only related to being at an office, but also being remotely. Because, you know, with all the other tools that we have right now, it's more easy to find people. So you could be, I don't know, in some other country and send WhatsApp, emails, Slack, <coughs> being um, uh, management, uh, doing this uh, through a, a Zoom, Google Meet, etc. So yep. uh, people will, will be stressed out really easy, no matter where you are. Yeah, and then and it, I think a, a leader who's in tune with what's going on and and they get accused of micromanagement, you know, reflect back, realize that different tools work in different situations. If the entire team is physically in the same place and you all work in an office, you can see each other. You can read things off their eyes, their expressions when you're meeting with them. Your point about, you know, meeting over Zoom and Teams and Skype and all the other WebEx and all the other tools that are out there, even though you and I right now, for instance, have cameras on and we can see each other, it's still not quite the same as being physically together. And if I'm presenting materials or things like that, the screen, I may start to present and maybe can't really see people's expressions as well. I, d I don't know if what I'm telling you, you're just rolling your eyes. Oh, my God, this guy's micromanaging the heck out of me. God, I can't wait till this discussion's over. Well, you know, over a remote, you need to be even extra sensitive for that feedback to realize that maybe you're being the leader that you never wanted to be. You know, yeah. you're, you're doing things that you shouldn't, and you would you always hated the bosses that did it to you in the past. So... Don't do it now. Um, catch yourself. 
Yeah, yeah, indeed. Because what one thing is that even though you're remote, you might say my camera doesn't work. What when you when you're facing a market management leader, okay, uh, and you say my uh, hey Roberto, turn on your camera. My camera doesn't work because why? Because I don't want you to see maybe the faces or the stress that you put me on. So rather than adding more stress that we have because we have our personal life and we have our work life, try to do something easier. People are going to answer better and faster when they feel committed to you, when they feel that, that you have a trusty uh, leadership staff that you're not pushing, pushing, pushing. Then, uh, as I said uh, a few minutes ago, there are people who might say, oh, no, excuse me, who might require being micromanaged, but not everybody does. Right, I completely agree. I, I think there's a, a very a confusing aspect that I think sometimes people confuse um, or feel like they're being micromanaged and what is called is a, what we called uh, where I worked is accountable or accountability. And what it was really about was explaining the task, the resources you can use to complete the task, the timing, when do you need to have it done, those kinds of things. These are accountabilities and you would explain those to the employee so that it was very clear, this is when it's due, this is how many times I'm, I'll check with you about it. These are the resources you can use to complete it, et cetera. So that when the due date comes, look, employee, these were your accountable things that you needed to do. Did you do them? Yes or no? It's, you know, a, a very management by objectives and being holding the employee accountable and the boss, the leader, the leader needs to be accountable that I explained it well on what is required and when, et cetera. And the employee agrees back, I understood it. I understand the due dates. I understand the resources I can use to accomplish this. And I understand that every two weeks, let's say, we're gonna have a one-to-one -one and discuss my progress on it. Cause in six months when it's due, I can't say I didn't finish it, right? I can't all of a sudden say everything's great for six months. And then at the due date of the six months of the end of the project, uh, none of it's done. You know, that's, yeah. that's failure on both parts. And so I think micromanagement, you need, as a leader, you turn that around and try and use accountability and, and that you clearly get the objectives and the due dates defined with the employee. It's in black and white, written down. They agree to it, that they understand it, and that's what you're following up on. That's not micromanagement. That's accountable uh, management where you're, uh, you're, you're holding both accountable. The employee and the leader are both holding each other accountable that they're going to help you be successful. And these are the measures that we're going to use to measure that success. They shouldn't resist. They shouldn't think that that's a bad thing. Okay. Yeah. And then, uh, one thing to, uh, before we do the, the wrap up is in all the podcasts, in all the episodes that we have spoken and also in this one, Communication is a foundation of a pretty good leadership style, a pretty good management uh, uh, tree. 
in order to become uh, a more humane leader. So everybody who uh, who watches us, everybody who um, who listen to this podcast, communication is essential. Without communication, there is only failure and uh, demise. I completely agree. I, I, I sometimes wonder is, are we trying to be humane leaders or leaders that communicate as best we can? Are Those two things are together. Yeah, indeed. Okay, cool. Uh, we're going to do uh, the wrap up, Chris. Um, thanks for joining us on another episode of How to Be a Humane Leader Without Losing Your Job. We hope our insights help you become a smarter and more strategic leader. Apply today's lessons to see the positive impact on your team and career. Catch us, catch all our episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, which right now is Spotify for Podcasters, and YouTube. Join us next week as we discuss something trendy in the leadership world. Until then, stay humane and stay successful. Bye-bye, Chris. Bye-bye. Thanks, everybody.